In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to iingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. And my guest today is an expert. It's helped um, little companies like Amazon with their search engine optimization, SEO, one of my favorite topics and one of my love-hate relationships. Um, He's written a book um, and also is offering up a course which there's a special offer to 10 of you listeners, the fastest to click on a link. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But Sam, uh, Sam McRoberts, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Ian. Um, so, Sam, uh, let's talk a little bit. I mean, you, you're, how long have you been in search engine optimization and SEO? You know, I started learning what passed for SEO at the time in the late 90s. Um, I began by building websites, and there really wasn't a heck of a lot to it at that point other than cramming keywords in funny places and getting as many links from directories as you could. Uh, But I've been doing it more or less since then. Awesome. Yeah, man, SEO has changed so much. I mean, it's it's changing now. Um, You know, and so... When you talk to someone, so tell me a little bit about your business now, because I know what it is, but I want the listeners to understand what you do exactly at Voodoo Marketing. That's V-U-D-U marketing.com. Yeah, so I specialize primarily in SEO audits and strategies. So companies who know that they should be doing better in organic search, but they don't have anyone internally or maybe aren't working with an agency, and they just they need someone to come in and tell them what to fix and what they should be focusing on going forward. That's my bread and butter. Very cool. Um, and and that's an important thing for people to understand. Uh, I think, I mean, not everyone listening to this, but a lot of people listening to this, you know, we've gotten caught up in Facebook ads. We've gotten caught up in YouTube ads. We get caught up in LinkedIn ads, but SEO is still, I mean, it's the, the predominant way that people are finding answers. So I think it's an important strategy for any, any business, right? Totally. I mean, I see a lot of companies still where 60, 70, sometimes 80% of their traffic is organic. So with such a huge slice of your pie, like that's worth some attention. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, when you get that, you're not, it's intention based. I always talk about attention versus intention. Everything else is you're getting someone's att- attention. If you, if someone's coming to you with the intention, they're getting close to ready to buy. Totally. Yeah. That's a, it's, it's super important. So, um, I'll ask you a little bit about your SEO audit process and we'll talk a little bit about how people can get into the course towards the end here. 
Um, but what are you seeing right now as the big trends in search engine optimization? So for 2018, I think the biggest thing is going to be the switch over to a mobile-first index. So it used to be that depending on whether someone was searching from a desktop computer or from a mobile device, uh, Google had a different scoring system. So if it was a mobile searcher, they would score the mobile version of your site. Desktop searcher, they'd score the desktop version of your site. They looked at each separately. But in 2018, they're going to be switching to only looking at and scoring the mobile version of your site. So if you don't have a mobile version or the mobile version is crappy, you're going to lose some rankings and traffic for sure. Interesting. So now with the mobile version of the site, I mean, everyone should be obviously looking at that. But I was talking to someone about this the other day because, you know, before, you know, five, six, seven years ago, really a content heavy homepage was important. Um, You know, a few H1s, few H2s, paragraphs supporting that. Now with mobile friendly, you know, having a big piece of content there kind of it's not the most mobile friendly thing is it it's definitely not and you know google is always trying to understand what is the best user experience now and they have such a huge data set to look at and figure that out so you know i like to tell people look if you want to know what your site should look like or what you should be optimizing for just go and search for whatever it is you're trying to rank for and look at the people in the top three spots like google's telling you what you should be doing they're showing you examples that's it's fantastic, right? That's it's such a good thing. But you know, the one thing you can't see, most people can't see, are the inbound links, correct? Totally. So, and it's still sadly a huge piece of the pie, right? Like links shouldn't be as impactful these days as they still are. Yeah, but I mean, what was it two, three years ago that they're like, oh, we're going to try a, a a browser or a search engine that's not link uh, dependent, and that failed miserably. Totally. I mean, how do you how do you do that? Right. Like you need third parties, neutral third parties, preferably telling you that this content is good. Yep. I mean, it's it, we talk a lot about referrals and it's it's just for, it's a referral system. Um, and, and you're right. So that, I don't, that's not going to go away. And people need to be understanding that link development. But of course, you know, content's great. But coming back to the home page. So now we're looking at that home page, you know, and, and we're getting rid of that content. When we talk mobile friendly, what are some of the other pieces that people should be looking for on that homepage to make sure that, you know, that homepage is showing up for their their key terms? So making sure that everything on there is sized correctly, like don't load in your desktop size images and scale them down, like load actual pre-sized mobile images, Uh, making sure that your tap targets, the places that you want to touch, buttons you want to click are appropriately sized so they're not difficult to click on or see or find. Um, making sure that it's really clear, really fast, like what this page is about and what you do, whether it's the homepage or something else. But, you know, think of it from the perspective of you. Like if you go do a search on your phone and you land on somebody's website, like did you immediately feel like you found what you were looking for? And you could do that for your own site and try and give it a critical eye and say, all right, does this feel good? Like do I feel like I just got what I was trying to find? And if not, start adjusting the things that feel wrong to you. That's great advice. And it's hard for people to do because it's their website and, and, and it's hard for them to think like, especially it's something I call the curse of the expert. You're the expert in that field. So you instinctively know, well, what this stuff means. Think of it as if you don't know, right? What that stuff means. Um, that's a big, big thing that I think people are missing out on. Um, what, besides that, besides the mobile first, what are some of the other trends that you're seeing Um, and some of the ways that the Google's algorithm has adapted over the past few years. 
So the next biggest has got to be rank brain. Um, and bit by bit over the last eh, probably about two years now, maybe a little more, Google has been shifting from having a traditional semi-fixed algorithm to which they make changes periodically to a fluid machine learning driven algorithm, which is RankBrain. And essentially, RankBrain is going through all of the data that Google has available from everything, right? Web search, Android, Chrome, and trying to understand for each given query, location, time frame, like what is the most appropriate search result. And so depending on what you're searching for, where you're searching from, your own search history, right? Like you could get radically different search results than other people because RankBrain is trying to match up that string of signals to the most appropriate piece of content. So it makes it a lot harder to say, oh, I rank number one, right? Like maybe you rank number one 5% of the time for people in North Carolina, but not other places. So, so you need to think of it less of where do I rank and more of how much traffic am I getting from this keyword in aggregate? Oh, that's great advice. Um, you know, it, it, and it's, it's a, that's another tough thing for people to pay attention to, though, isn't it? Because especially um, it's hard. Google's not passing that keyword uh, analysis to us anymore through analytics. So how do you overcome that? So you use Google Search Console. Okay. Uh, Google Search Console will give you your average ranking position across everywhere that that keyword showed up, as well as the number of impressions over the last 90 days. Like, how many times did you show up in the ranking stack in the last 90 days? And then the number of clicks and your click-through rate. So you can see that traffic. You can't necessarily see exactly which page all of that traffic went to or how it behaved after it hit your site, but you can still get to it inside of Search Console. Awesome, awesome. Um, so... Once people have, have done this, is it now par for the course, just develop good content? Are there any other strategies that people, you see people missing out on that are really the, the key strategies for their websites? Honestly, I mean, creating the right type of content is more important than just good content. And that's another one where going and doing a search for what it is you're trying to rank for can give you some insight. So if you search for something and the top three results are video, you know that you better have video on your page or you're not going to be as relevant for this search query. Uh, on the flip side, maybe it's all content, uh, just text content, or maybe there's audio included on the pages. But whatever it is, like understand the type of content your audience is actually looking for and make sure to integrate it. I think that's still critical. Yes. And and also I think another caveat to that that a lot of people miss out on is where someone is in their in their customer journey. Because the person looking for, let's say, XYZ service is different than the person looking for a solution to XYZ. Correct? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And so how how do you develop content along that way? Do you have a system when you're making these strategies? Do you have a system for understanding the customer journey and making sure that the content is all along the customer journey, or are you focusing on specific points? No. So, I mean, I recommend that everyone I work with has a, a customer journey mapped out that they've done really understand their audience and not just for one touch point, but that whole life cycle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, a good example would be like babies, right? People who are about to have a kid are searching for a specific set of things. And then they're going to be looking for a new set of things after that child is born, a new set of things every six months to a year after that. <laughs> Try and every can... week. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the baby totally. crying? Why is the baby still crying? <laughs> exactly. Why is the baby so... not crying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and really it requires empathy. So if you can put yourself in their shoes and think about the things that they're going to go through, you can start mapping out content that answers each 
question each step of the way. And that's how you build, you know, some lifetime affinity from a customer. That's uh, amazing advice. Amazing advice. Cause everyone just wants to go in for the kill. Don't they? They just want to be there and the person buy. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'm working with a company and I'm like, all right, well, can you tell me what your lifetime value is for a customer? And they're like, I don't know. My average order value is this. And I'm like, that's not the same thing. Yeah. Yes. And that's super important. And especially like if you're in a service business too, lifetime value of a customer is not just that value, that single value, it's the referral value too. Totally. I mean, and you can like, you can lose money on a sale. That's fine. As long as your lifetime value is higher. So it's okay to spend more to acquire somebody if your lifetime value far exceeds that initial purchase. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, in the previous episode, we talked about, um, you know, how much money someone spends on content and and our guest last time, um, was talking about like three thousand, four thousand dollars sometimes for a post. That's amazing. But you know, it was a highly technical post, and he was a software developer. But they knew that they would have this post for five years, and they knew that their lifetime value of their customer, and and they had that all dialed in so they could spend that money. So that that's a great, great point because everyone wants to go cheap on content, don't they? They do. And that what you just said is actually one of the one of my little pain points is people will spend sometimes really good money creating content, but a lot of times they spend zero promoting the content after they created it. And I recommend to most people, look, spend at least as much as you spent creating the content, promoting it with social ads, because that's how you get it in front of the right people and help it to take off. That's an amazing piece that people are missing with the SEO, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Go ahead. If a tree falls, if a tree falls in the woods, right? Like if you create your content, Google gets it indexed. It's trying to rank against all this other stuff. Like that's a slow process rising to the top for a new piece of content, but you can radically accelerate it if you get it in front of people quickly using ads. That, and does that affect then the SEO? It, Second order effects. So, you know, getting it in front of those people, if the content's really good, they're more likely to share it on social, link to it, blog about it. And so you're trying to get your content in front of your target audience and make sure the content's good enough that they want to do all the things that will directly affect SEO. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then also I want to talk a little bit about now we've got people coming to the content. Um, You know, there's been a lot of talk about how Google's now paying attention to how much, not just time on site, but scroll, et cetera. Um, can you explain how that works into the ranking factors? Yeah. So, I mean, Google is looking to make sure that they answered your question correctly. You go to a search engine, you type, you type a question, everything that shows up, uh, those are Google's best guesses for the right answer. And they're looking at things like dwell time. How long did you spend on that page before you went somewhere else? Click depth. Did you go past the home page or did you just stay on the landing page? Uh, and these, these things all help them to understand, like we sent somebody to the right place or we sent someone to the wrong place. So if you click a search result and you spend three seconds on a page and then you bounce back and you click on a different search result, you just told Google very clearly that that other thing was not right. And if the thing you clicked on next, you stay there and stick around, you told, told Google that that was a better answer. And so Google is looking at these actual user metrics to understand if they got it right or got it wrong. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it's an important thing for people to realize that that, that quality of content is important, as well as guiding them. When people, th- you know, when I talk to people, when I talk to people about conversion. Everyone just thinks conversion is someone becoming a customer or becoming a lead. But I, I look at conversion too as clicking through to something else and guiding them in their content. Do you feel the same way? 
Yeah, I mean, conversion, like there are a thousand different micro conversions you could set up. You could have a different conversion trigger for different percentages down the page that somebody scrolled or for each specific string of pages they visit. Like if you understand your customer and their journey through your site, you could have a ton of things beyond just a sale. Uh, yep, exactly, exactly. And, the, and it, you know, you bring it back to a dating analogy. Um, that's the more you take someone out to different places, the more they're going to feel engaged with you. Correct. Totally. Yeah. And that's, and that engagement is important. Now, speaking of engagement, I'm a video fanatic. Uh, obviously we have a video agency, we do video marketing. I love video SEO. Um, how important do you think video is on a website? Do you think it should be on a website? Um, you won't hurt my feelings if you say no, (laughs) but, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'd say it depends. It depends a lot on your audience, what Google wants to rank for that specific set of queries, how people like to interact with your site. Because there's some things where people don't want video. They just want to read something. Or maybe they just want to look at at pictures. Um, So understanding your audience is critical. But if you're in a space where video is what people want, then absolutely you need it. And to be fair, I haven't done a ton with video over the years, a little bit. Um, But I've always focused much more on the text side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, you know, it depends on the business, right? Amazon, um, they have video in there, but people want to know the product details, et cetera. And, and then later on the video, say for us, you know, we work with service-based businesses, lawyers, doctors, dentists, you know, software companies that have software as a service. And you're, you're a lot of times you're buying people and they want to see the people that they're buying. Um, so what we, we found that that's super important. Um, have you have you seen any indicators as far as like video plays and rankings or video on site and rankings and affecting rankings? I mean, is, is it just dependent now? It's pretty dependent. I mean, I would be really surprised if Google wasn't using all the data they can get from YouTube tied back to the source sites for those videos to factor in where they rank. And Google in in search results, Google vastly prefers showing videos on YouTube as opposed to other places. So even if you put your videos on your own site, I would still stick them on YouTube as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, YouTube's the second most used search engine too, right? So Exactly. <laughs> um, and that's an important thing to happen. So let's talk a little bit about your audit process. Um, you, you've been so generous as to offer up. You have an audit course. Tell me a little bit about that first. Sure. So the SEO course, you know, I, for a long time, I looked around for a really good SEO course, uh, something that I wished I had had when I first started learning what SEO was. And I found little bits of pe- and pieces here and there, you know, some things that was good for this part or good for that part. But really, if you want to learn SEO, you still have to go and hunt through a dozen different sites, read 500 different blog posts, watch a handful of videos and just do it. And so I wanted to build a course that would walk people beginning to end through every critical piece of the SEO knowledge set. And so I did. And I called it SEO Simplified. Um, and I, that, it's the course that I wish I'd had when I started. Awesome. Awesome. And you, and you give us a special offer. If you guys click on the show notes um, and, or you go to my site, there's a link. And, uh, and tell me a little bit about that offer. Yeah, so the first 10 people will get free access to the course. And then I believe I sent a second link. Uh, Anybody else who doesn't get in for one of the free offers can get half off the course. Awesome. That's really generous, and that's really cool. And I think that, um, you know, it's one of those things that I know a lot of people say they don't want to learn it. But I feel like if you're in business, it's kind of one of those things you should know the basics of, don't you? 
Totally. And I actually built the course less with a, a technical person in mind and more with the average person, right? A marketing manager, a CEO, a CMO, like somebody who needs to understand SEO well enough to make sure the people who work for them aren't breaking their business. And not necessarily enough that you, you know, it's not going to make you an expert at the end, but you'll know all of the important pieces and how to take yourself to an expert level if you want to. Very cool. Um, so let, tell me a little bit about what's in the course. Can you give me a high level of, of the journey through SEO simplified? Yeah. So, I mean, it walks through everything end to end, starting with like, the history of SEO, uh, where search engines came from, why they exist, how the algorithm came into being some of the pieces that are a part of that. It also digs into why SEO is important, traffic sources, ROI, uh, different metrics you could use to track how effective your SEO has been, um, on-page SEO factors, SEO tools, technical SEO, strategy, you name it, right? End-to-end, every single piece that I could think of, it's in there. Very awesome. And I think it's such a great thing for anyone to learn. It's such an awesome opportunity. I really appreciate that. Um, so when someone comes to work with you, is this the process that you go through on their website when you're doing your, um, analysis? So the audit process is a bit different. It does use a lot of the, the tools and the insights from this training course, but all audits start with a crawl of the site. I like using screaming frog, although there are a few different options. And my goal is to extract all the information I can from three key buckets. So the on-page keyword-centric factors, the technical SEO factors, the things that affect how much of your site Google can get to and understand and how fast it is, and then linking in social signals. So are people telling Google that your content is awesome? And then it looks at a total of 21 or 22 different pieces of the puzzle, scores it, gives you uh, insights into exactly what's right or wrong, recommendations on how to fix exactly what's wrong, and then general guidelines for each element so you understand what you should be optimizing for going forward. Awesome. Awesome. And tell me a little bit about some of the people that you've helped over the years. Oh, man, I've worked with so many companies. I've probably done three or 400 audits over the years for companies of all shapes and sizes. I mean, Goodreads, Nokia, Microsoft, uh, Envision. Recently did an audit for Pat Flynn, Chris Ducker, um, you know, businesses of all types. So I work with a lot of medium to large companies, but plenty of small companies and startups, influencers as well. Very cool. Um, What do you find is the most common mistake or common error when you go, go through all these companies? You know, lately, page speed. It seems like everybody's site is way slower than it should be. And since Google is dialing up the crank on mobile friendliness and page speed on mobile is such a big deal, that's something that every site I've looked at needs to give attention to. Right. And how how do you work through that? How like especially if I'm a small business, how do I how do I make sure my page speed is up to up to par? You know, there are some quick and simple things you could do, like setting up a CDN. Uh, If you're on WordPress, there are a handful of plugins you could use, like Smush or Hummingbird from WPMU Dev. Um, So, like, if you're on WordPress, speeding up your site is fairly easy. There are a lot of things you can do that are just low-hanging fruit that can give you a pretty big boost. If the site's more complicated or on a different CMS, you may need to hire a developer to do it. Um... But yeah, like, and some of the things are really simple, right? So I mentioned earlier images. If you're going to use an image in a page, make sure it's sized exactly to the right size. Don't use like a 4K image when you only need something that's <laughs> 600 by 400. Um, then why not buy a 4K camera? 
<laughs> so he can look at them on your phone. I, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, but like it, images usually account for at least 50% of the weight on a page that I look at. The next biggest is third-party tools. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, I'm just going to throw all these tools on here and track everything. <laughs> and it slows down the site so much. Um, ads can be a really bad one. I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with having advertising on your site, but if you go overboard, each ad call requires us, you know, sending offsite to get the right ad for this page at this time. And in aggregate, if you have five or six ads on a page, like you're really slowing things down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ads and the plugins, I think I've been on a lot of sites that plug and blow and also like 80 Facebook pixels. Don't let everyone put their Facebook pixel on there. Right. Yeah, use a tag manager, like aggregate all of those into a single pixel. There's a lot of things you can do. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about like, what is your favorite success story with what you've done? Favorite success story? Oh, man. Um, you know, a company I worked for about two years ago, I was able to, I mean, this is a 20-year-old company in a pretty stodgy industry. I was able to forex their traffic to their most important part of their site over the course of just a few months by fixing a handful of tiny issues. You know, and nobody was like, ah, these are little, it shouldn't matter. It turned out to be huge. So that would be probably one of my favorites so far. That's very cool. And yeah, that, that reminds me always of the story of the, like the, the guy with the hammer who comes in and sends the bill for a thousand dollars. You've heard that one, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah, you know, cause it's, it's, it's knowing those little tweaks and sometimes those little tweaks can make a huge difference. Um, and what did that resulting traffic end up meaning to the business? Millions of dollars. Wow. Wow. And it, and what I love the one thing I love about SEO that most people forget is is the long term ROI, right? It, it's because you can change something on your website and you get those rankings. You can have three, four, five, ten years of ROI. So spending extra on SEO is, is a great long term ROI. Totally. Um, so have you seen? Um, are there any instances where people should not be concentrating on SEO? Definitely. I mean, they're depending on your business, right? Are, are people searching for what you offer? And if there's not a lot of people searching for your specific niche, then SEO may not be a very effective use of your time or budget. And I've come across a few of those. Um, others might be where it's just far too competitive. Like if you want to rank nationally for the word shoes, maybe <laughs> you should be doing something else. Um, <laughs> So really, like it's com- it comes down to that. Like, do you feel like you have a reasonable chance of ranking well in the space you're going to go after? If the answer is yes, go for it. Or if there's not enough search volume or it's far too competitive, there are other things that might be way more effective, right? Facebook ads, they're still fantastic and cost-effective in a lot of areas. Yep, yep. And it's it's deciding that. it's Yeah, because a lot of people are like, I want to rank number one for this. And I'm like, well... Why <laughs> is anyone searching for it? That's such a, I mean, it's a very, very valid point. Um, Sam, so I appreciate this has been all fantastic advice. Um, and if someone wants to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you and get one of these audits for their website? Yeah, so just sam at voodoomarketing.com, drop me an email. Um, I'm also really responsive on Twitter if you want to ping me there. Very cool. And going forward, um, you know, with last, last thing, uh, what is your SEO ninja 
tip for right now for most businesses? What's the one thing that's going to get them some big bang for their buck that they could easily do or most people don't know about? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say page speed, right? Doing whatever you can to boost that. I've literally seen sites double their traffic over the course of maybe three or four months just by cutting their page speed in half. So that would be my, that would be the first thing I would tackle if you're going to go after anything, make sure your site's as fast as it could be. Um, and what's a good page speed? You know, two seconds or less on most devices are ideal. Google stops analyzing after I want to say five seconds. So anything that takes longer than that doesn't get factored into the ranking of that page. But they're looking at sites, you know, one to two seconds is ideal since that's an appropriate, like non-frustrating speed on pretty much any device. Very, very, very cool. So that's awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Sam McRoberts, thank you so much for being on the show. VoodooMarketing.com, V-U-D-U, uh, marketing.com. Uh, a lot of great information. And don't forget that there's that SEO course in there. 10 of them free otherwise you can get it half off um and everyone listening to this show should know the basics of seo sam thanks again for being on the show thanks ian i appreciate it all right and thank you all for listening it's been i and garlic and the garlic marketing show thanks for taking sam and i on your journey that's it for the garlic marketing show if you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques make sure to follow i and garlic on facebook 